Welcome to Rage You Nerds. I am Mr. Cack. I am joined by Jared and TJ. In today's podcast episode, brought to you by these wonderful collective known as Rage You Nerds, will be about professional wrestling. Now, we are going to talk about the passing of two professional wrestlers to start things off, and then after that, we will segue into a more lighthearted conversation. However, the passing of these two people happened this week, and both of them have different but immediate but pretty profound impacts on the wrestling community, and in the case of Terry Funk, wrestling in general. So let's go ahead, boys. We can we can do our, our ease in, see how we're doing. How, how TJ, how you doing? Jared, how you doing? TJ, you go first. I feel like I'm always the one that's like, oh, well, yeah, let me tell you about this week. But, like, uh, I feel like TJ is uh, rooting and raring to go. And so, like, I kind of want to I kind of want to know how you're doing, buddy. How am I doing? I'm, uh, yeah, okay. Let's, let's let's just let's just rip the bandaid off right here. Um, for a wrestling fan, it's kind of been a rough week. Mm. Um, yeah. Everything else is going fine. You know, it's like, yeah, works. Okay. You know. You know, days still start and still end, you know, sleep at night. Yeah, everything everything else is good. But, you know, wrestling-wise, it's it's kind of been a rough week. So that's kind of how I'm doing. Jared, how you doing? You know, I'm uh, I'm kind of in that same boat uh, where, like, the week was kind of hectic. And then you get some news at the first of the week. And then you get some news a couple days ago. And you're just like, Jesus. You know, and like, but but it's one of those things, and this is going to sound so dumb, kind of, but it's one of those things where it's like you you hear said news and you think to yourself, man, all that crap I was dealing with at work doesn't seem like it's such a big deal anymore, you know, and um, that's that's kind of where I've been at. Um, you know, Terry, uh, Terry was an older guy, so <clears throat> it's it it it. it definitely a legend hits less though because i i think you know like once you get up in a certain age and then you pass even if there's something wrong it's like when you're in your 70s like we we, you're like oh man that's sad you know and but like when when shit happens to you when you're 36 man you know i'm i'm four years almost four years past 36 and it's kind of like holy crap and this guy was in shape (laughs) like it it opens up um it gets your brain thinking. It gets your brain really thinking. And uh, so it's, uh, I, I, again, it's, um, and we'll get into this here in a little bit, but like Bray Wyatt has kind of, you know, pat, passed me um, when I, when I, because I took a break. <laughs> I took a break from WWE, mainly during, you know, the Attitude Era. So like when all these new people came in, there were years that I didn't know who anybody was. But I kind of kept up with it minusculely you know and i was telling right before we started this show that i had a uh wwe video game in which bray was still at that point um husky harris and mm-hmm. i was like who the hell's husky harris and he's like oh yeah he's the fiend now i was like who's the fiend you know and <laughs> <laughs> so uh it uh but at the same time since then you, you go back and you watch these and you know I've, I've gotten back into it so i've seen what he's done and i guess he's been before his passing, he had been off most of the year due to some health things. So uh, I feel like uh, it's it, it just it, it hits different when you're older. You know, it's like we say we say the same thing with, um, you know, celebrities and whatnot that like certain celebrities, you know, if they die tomorrow, I don't know if I could tell you their name, but there are other certain celebrities in movies that we grew up watching. And I think that's the big kicker there that we grew up watching that like, it just, it hits different. So it's been a, it's been a surreal week. It's been a surreal week. 
Yeah, and we'll, I would say the way we, the way I would prefer to talk about this is let's, let's start with Terry Funk and then transition to Bray Wyatt. Before we get into Terry Funk, because I think Jared will be taking center stage for the conversation about Terry Funk. Uh, Jared, as he just said, a little bit off the beaten path of Bray Wyatt, but where he's off the beaten path of Bray Wyatt, very much involved in the in the classic, the the vintage wrestling, if you will. So we'll we'll give the floor to Jared. But before we do that, just a chance because yeah, admittedly Terry Funk, <laughs> what I know of Terry Funk is wild to think about because I know him at the age of almost sixty yeah. with pantyhose on his head, wielding <laughs> a chainless chainsaw, but. It was so cool looking because the sparks were flying. It was sputtering. I knew him as Chainsaw Charlie coming out uh, during uh, that that evolution point of mankind where uh, Mick Foley was going through the the three faces of Foley and he had settled on Cactus Jack's iteration uh, there for for a minute. But it is it is wild. TJ, I guess before we let Jared steal our thunder, and I bet you'll probably join in with some of his conversation too. But just right quick, what <laughs> what like I so I. Admittedly, we've done somber notes when it's come to the passing of people. I do not. I would much rather celebrate life. So you're probably going to hear me laugh a lot because it's wrestling and there's so much goofy crap involved. I just explained one of my most prominent memories of someone that is a legend in the business. As being a guy, I saw put pantyhose on his head. I'm pretty sure I saw him get murdered in a dumpster in one pay-per-view. It was so... He... The things he was doing at almost 60 years old blows my mind. A champion at the age of 50 in extreme <laughs> championship wrestling. But TJ, uh, do you have any Terry Funk memories before we, we let the grand inquisitor of, of the Terry Funk have the flow? No, you see, I remember, like, I mean, I've heard the name, you know, the name Terry Funk. Um, you know, knew that he was a wrestler, but, like, for the longest time, I guess, because there was was it terry funk and there was dory funk jr so mm -hmm. like the name funk you know was kind of i knew that name but i don't remember ever really seeing any of his older matches so much um i do remember him more coming in whenever mankind was going through his his uh, you know many faces of foley you know thing where you know he'd come out as you know cactus chat cactus jack and then you'd have chainsaw charlie and terry funk would be chainsaw charlie like i remember that like i remembered the hardcore stuff but i don't really you know a lot of the older stuff like i guess there was a, a, a he had a big feud with rick flair for a while i guess at one point and just i don't remember a lot of that because i wasn't watching wrestling at that point you know, and there was these were a lot of times, you know, back in the day, whenever you didn't have WWF or WWE um, or, you know, even WCW, you know, it's like they weren't really wrestling wasn't really televised. It was still, you know, territories still very, you know, independent from what you have now. So I don't remember a whole lot of, of Terry Funk other than the Chainsaw Charlie days, unfortunately. Well well, not unfortunately, because we have Jared, and Jared is about to blow our minds with a, a jump into the yesteryears. Jared, tell us about Terry Funk. <clears throat> well, so Terry was one of those guys, he was kind of like, y'all remember when uh, Mark Marrow came into WWE and it was like he was this wild man? Terry Funk was, <laughs> yeah. Terry Funk, like that, like Mark Marrow, you know, he had to have, <clears throat> you know, him. <laughs> built off terry funk so by the way dory funk by the way dory and terry were brothers uh i think dory was a lot older than terry but um 
they where Dory Funk comes from is they were brothers. Um, and you know, I think the you know in the in the ringside things they even mention that sometimes. Oh, the brother of Dory because Dory Funk died in night like nineteen seventy two, seventy three, seventy four, somewhere around there. Um, and so Terry Funk kind of came into this, uh, you know, already having been kind of established. Well, kind of like the Hearts, you know, you had Stu and then Brett Owen and the rest, <laughs> you know. Uh, so Terry Funk, I think, you know, it well, or like Cowboy Bob Orton and Randy Orton, they, like th- this was a family thing for Terry Funk. And um, he'd been doing it a long time, but he was kind of a he was he was um, he was a heel for a long time through different organizations. I don't know if he ever did NWA, but he was definitely part of CWA, which is the Continental Wrestling Association. And apparently uh, Jerry Lawler ha- and Terry Funk had that was like. Of the day, that was the Stone Cold Bret Hart or the Shawn Michael Diesel or or Razor Ramon or whoever, you know, put somebody in for Shawn that he was feuding with <clears throat> or or Bret, you know, Stone Cold. Uh, but that was like the thing. And, you know, that Jer- Lawler and Funk had this rivalry that was going on. And actually, before the show tonight, um, I pulled up some videos that you can find on YouTube of <laughs> – uh, Lawler and Funk in CWA, and I'm gonna guess it didn't say the date, and it's you can tell this some whoever whoever recorded it, it was on one of them big gigantic thing camera deals that you know that's when we recorded things on you know VHS, uh, and then they put that on the TV, and then they you know shot it on a cell phone. <laughs> so, but but uh, having said that, it was still it was still kind of neat to watch. That was back when Lawler had the goatee, man. He was suave, you know, he's suave. Um, and, uh, Lawler was very much a, uh, a, a, the baby face kind of, you know, and Terry Funk was a heel, you know, it was you, one of those matches you see where like the match is about to start and then Terry Funk gets out of the ring and Lawler gets out of the ring. They chase each other around and like Terry Funk doesn't want to fight Lawler. And then they finally get to wrestling and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it, was, it just reminded me so much of like how during the eighties and nineties, we used to see that. And you, I don't know again, cause I, I just, I don't watch as much. Now, as as I did, um, you know, in the 90s, uh, but like I still see that ring kind of, you know, command. And I think Terry and Jerry, Terry and Jerry, that's an ice cream, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Terry and Jerry, <laughs> pile drivers. Uh, but like I, th- I think those two had very much, you know, a hand in creating creating sort of that baby face heel, but yet kind of funny, um, you know, because like there, there are heels that you hate. There are heels that you absolutely like, I hated mankind forever, you know, and I hated um, I didn't like Stone Cold at first for a long time because I'm a hitman guy. Sorry, Steve um, came around <laughs> to you, though, came around to you, though. Um, but like I feel like Lawler and Funk were the ones that started that whole kind of funny villain thing. I just got an update from Adobe. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's that's really all I had to say is like it's, it, like I don't think wrestling and I'm not taking anything away from Jerry Lawler, of course, but I think wrestling would not be what it is today had it not been for some of those matches that these two put on. And uh, it sort of paved the way for that kind of... And Jerry Jerry kept doing it. Terry Funk was kind of in and out here and there. The last thing I remember watching him in, I, I know he's done a match or two since then, but it was the... It was either the 96 or 95 Royal Rumble where he he was a late contested in. And you're like, you know, okay, they're just bringing what they did this back when they brought Roddy Piper back. And before Kurt died, uh, Mr. Perfect, you know, they brought him back. 
you know, to bring in back people in just to have some filler and stuff like that. And like, I remember watching this match going like Terry Funk's in there with all these young guys. And it was just like, he, he is, <laughs> he is not having it. Like, <laughs> you know, like they lock up and they're like, I'm going to irate you. And he's like, fuck you. I'm punching you in the mouth. <laughs> and you could just tell, like they throat chop him and like, it, you could see it was a shot where like he was supposed to go down, but he was like, nah, and he'd like fire back and you just tell the person on the other end. was like, what is he doing? <laughs> so, and I can't remember if that, again, if that was 95, it might've even been as late as 97. I don't think it was 97. Cause that was San Antonio, uh, where Sean and Sid, uh, fought for the championship. It was, it was, it was 90, 95 or 96, 95 or 96. But they're like, if you get a chance, go watch that roll. Remember when Terry Funk comes in? Cause there was, you know, the crowd at this point, Terry Funk's fame has kind of passed unless you're, you know, kind of a wrestling historian person. And they're like, and so McMahon and Lawler are like, and even Ross, I think was there. were like trying to drive. Oh, it's Terry Funk. It's Terry Funk. It's Terry Funk. And then you get this old guy in the ring, and he's giving him the business. He, I mean, he ain't holding back. And I think that's what was so great about it. He, he's like, he's like, he just he was wailing on some of these people, and you could just see the look in the younger guys. Like, I don't know what to do. He's not supposed to go out yet, uh, <laughs> but he really hit me in the face. It's like, what? And it's just everything about that was Terry Funk, the the wild card, the just. You never knew what was going to happen when Terry Funk got in the ring. And it was just, a, you know, and he, him and Lawler built kind of modern day face villain kind of thing. And uh, so, yeah, um, there you go. There's, <laughs> there's my old school wrestling knowledge. So, so, oh man, when you said, uh, 97, oh, it can't be 97. The correct answer is it was 1997. Yeah, he I appeared. was going to say something. I was going to say, I was looking it up, and he returned in 97, number 20. Lasted yeah. 15 minutes and 18 seconds before being eliminated by Mankind. He was... Oh, that's right, because that that was the closer. Was that the closer? He was like, he was like 50 years old at this point. <laughs> I know, but that, I, think, I think that was the closer of the match, because him, he, him and Mankind went over, he went over and Mankind jumped over. That's what got the officials distracted when Brett threw uh, Steve out, and the officials didn't see it. <laughs> and so, and then there was a couple more eliminations. Brett's in the ring by himself, thought he had won. In comes Stone Cold. I'm pretty sure... That was yeah. So ninety seven. That was that was uh, Terry Funk and Mankind. That, I think they both went over at the same time and kept fighting, is what it was. And so the officials had to come over and separate them. Well, by year's end of that point, they became uh, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie, and were getting pushed <laughs> up, pushed inside dumpsters and thrown off the stage by the uh, New Age Outlaws, yeah, God, which Jesus. again is still one of those memories that I'm like, I think I just saw people die. <laughs> like, uh, I need to tell my mom. <laughs> Cause it's '97. I was young. Leave me alone. I was ten. I was ten. That warped me. <laughs> uh, all right. So right, right, quick. Let's do a little rundown here. Terry Funk wrestled for numerous major promotions. Among them, All Japan Pro Wrestling, Extreme Championship Wrestling, International Wrestling Association of Japan, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, the United States Wrestling Association, WCW, WWF, now WWE. And uh, multiple national wrestling alliances. So the reason why you couldn't remember if he was in the NWA or not is because he was in like seven of the territories <laughs> that, yeah. that encompassed the, uh, what the NWA was in the past and not what it is now where it's now just kind of singular entity type thing. Um, but yeah, he was part of, well, what was it? Uh, Big Time Wrestling 
uh, Big Time Wrestling Championship Wrestling from Florida, Georgia Championship Wrestling, Stampede Wrestling, and an Alamo-based Western State Sports Promotion. Because <laughs> he's from Texas. He's from yeah, Texas. Sure. Uh, and Texas as they come, man. If you ever watch an interview with Terry Funk, he's like, well, I told y'all, ding, dang, dong. Like, he's just so Texas. <laughs> and it's he, uh, so beautiful. <laughs> He, uh, he's, he won the ECW World Heavyweight Championship at the age of 50. NWA World Heavyweight Championship, probably the, younger because I see a photo of him holding that title. Uh, USWA <laughs> Unified World Heavyweight Championship, WWF Tag Team Champion, and ECW World Television Championship. He headlined ECW's premier annual pay-per-view event, November to Remember, three times. Funk has inducted into multiple Hall of Fames, among them WWE, WCW, NWA, and I guess hardcore wrestling has its own uh, Hall of Fame, which makes sense that he would be in it. He is one of the people that is most closely associated with maybe not hardcore wrestling in general, but popularizing and bringing hardcore wrestling to the forefront of mainstream. Uh, what he did as Cactus Jack and what he did in ECW basically revolutionized, and now AEW is drawing red every chance they get. So, Thanks, Terry. <laughs> like you, you definitely <laughs> warp the crap out of their young minds, and AEW has never been the same. Uh, but yeah, no, the dude, the, that, that's the thing, right? He's known for hardcore wrestling, which is bizarre because he got like his his biggest his biggest notches in his belt of hardcore fame were when he was fifty freaking years old. <laughs> And I could never tell how old he either was or wasn't. He just always looked like old. Like every time yes. I saw him on TV, I was like, that man's old. Help him. He always looked like he was 60 years old out there. <laughs> you know, yes. with a bunch of like 20 year olds. <laughs> and the Chainsaw like Charlie he... gimmick didn't help because he was sweating profusely because of the exhaust coming off the chainsaw. That and wearing the pantyhose over the face. The entire oh, yeah. Match. That, was, yeah. that was killing him. That'll, that'll, yeah. That'll, that was killing him. Oh, <laughs> well, and it is sad news, but as Jared had mentioned earlier, Terry Funk had lived to be the age of 79, has accomplished so much in his lifetime, and while you never want to see anyone go, we all hit a point in life where our expiration date hits, so it is sad to have the passing of Terry Funk. At the same time, it is awesome that this man had the career that he did, seemed to have such a huge influence on a lot of the stuff. The territory wrestling is still stuff that's popping up now. It's even It feels even more current in our minds because the way Cody Rhodes is being presented and the way he's talking about the past. I mean, he's literally on SmackDown right now talking about his father's uh, interactions and relationships with Terry Funk. Anyways, so it is, it is very interesting. Nexstar has discontinued service with DirecTV, so I can't watch SmackDown right now. Nexstar and DirecTV, would you two, like, knock it off? I, I I had to eventually transition to YouTube TV. Not an ad, but if they'll pay me, I'll gladly make it an ad. Uh, because, yeah, I, I did Dish, and there was like, sorry, you can't do ESPN or ABC or any other things related to those because we're having an argument with the House of Mouse. Well, no, you're not, because I quit. <laughs> like, I don't, uh, not an argument anymore. They won. I'm leaving. See you later. <laughs> so, I, real quick, real quick, a DirecTV, and I'm not going to pan this camera around. You're just going to have to trust me on this. Our contract with Nexstar, which owns or controls this channel, has expired. While we continue to negotiate to protect you from unwarranted rate increases, they're all about it's that's that it's a big prick waving dick fight, is what it is. You can still watch much of this programming on. Digital Antenna, Streaming, ESPN+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus, Hulu, and Peacock. The program, 
programming is likely available through this network streaming service or local station website. You're my local station, Fox 24. So, like, Nextar, DirecTV, and uh, it's not just DirecTV and Nextar. It's Hirsch and all the other ones. Like, just, you know, can y'all just, like, please, for just a second, just a second, realize, and just, and, and, and I'm saying this to you as a 100% capitalist through and through. Let's make as much money as we can, but not at the expense of our customer. Can all of you losers just sit down and say, yeah, 45 freaking million dollars is probably enough let's go ahead and let that shit air right, anyways that's my soapbox hirsch next star i don't blame direct tv or dish for this because they're providing a service i blame the network i really do anyways that's my uh seven cents because i already gave two cents earlier and which would leave five cents i don't know where that went and on that I note would, we would like to go remember back to terry funk <laughs> <laughs> and on that note Terry Funk, Godspeed, sir. Freaking uh, corporations. Oh, but I mean, yeah, freaking corporations. Speaking of freaking corporations, uh, this actually has nothing to do with that. Bray Wyatt also passed away, yeah. and again, uh, I like to I like to rest in power. But as Jared had mentioned earlier in his opening, it just it is one of those things where it is. Jared and I talked about it when we talked about the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Is that there is this thing that's so surreal about both sudden passings and young people. And Bray Wyatt is 36. I'm technically four months older. Actually, four months and a week older than Bray Wyatt uh, or uh, Wyndham Rotunda. And so it's one of those things where it's like, gosh, that just, why is someone my age having a heart attack? That is just, that, that is mind melting is what that is. But he was also, it was, you know, COVID related, had, had brought up and had exacerbated a preconditioning heart or a preexisting heart condition. That's and then, what I'm trying to find. And then eventually this, this, I mean, that, that's what uh, Sean Ross Sapp, if you believe anything he comes out with, said. Uh, I'm not going to dig too much deeper into it. It's just, it just one of those things where it doesn't make sense in my mind. Right. But if he had been struggling up to this point in the same vein as we kind of talked about with Chadwick Boseman, at least the comfort in knowing that he is no longer in pain. But it's just shit because he has two kids, he has a wife he's leaving behind, he had all these ideas and thoughts, and that's that's just that's the thing about all of this that sucks, is that I wish we lived in the Matrix to a certain degree because we'd all just live until we just got unplugged. <laughs> like, we wouldn't know it. The, the game would just turn off, and I guess that would be a more... A uh, peaceful way to go, but no, we gotta sit here and dig it, man. We gotta do it. Uh, but Bray Wyatt has passed away. Jared, I know you had mentioned that you have not the most clear recollection of uh, Bray Wyatt because you know him as Husky Harris, which is such a awesome deep dig. He hated that persona so much that he constantly referenced it <laughs> throughout his run so, as Bray Wyatt and the Fiend. But I was yeah. going to let you have a chance to, to throw your... I mean, I know you've already given up 10 cents. If you'd like to throw an additional 15 in. I got uh, a dollar, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll pass the floor to you, and then TJ and I will run some wild laps around here, too. So, uh, you know, it was it was weird for me, because if, you, if you're watching this right now, and you haven't watched anything before, I started watching... Back then, it was WWF. Now it's WWE. In about nine, it, well, it was when me and TJ first met. So 95, 95. Well, it was, it was after that. We met in 94, but like, he was like, hey, you like wrestling? And you like these <laughs> Jason films? You want to watch a guy stab a person looking like a plumber? <laughs> That's an insight. He's smiling now, but he knows what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, 
Uh, but like, I, I was a very sheltered child <laughs> prior to meeting TJ, <laughs> and the roles have totally reversed now. TJ's like very calm and stoic, and I'm like, yeah. Anyways, it has nothing to do with all that, but like, it's true. So, um, I I think it was um, it was very 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 close to Royal Rumble, right after Royal Rumble 19. Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble, 1996, where Sean won the Rumble. There's an in your house. He wins. He gets to go to WrestleMania, face Bret Hart. Blah blah blah. Prior to that, I didn't know a whole lot about wrestling, except TJ brought over a game one time, and it was WrestleMania, and had Yokozuna and Bam Bam, and Bret and Sean and Razor, and the, they were, it was like, remember the uh, the NBA All-Stars game for Sega, where like, it was three on three, or two on two, and you could like, if you ran across a thing, you could do like a alley-oop way up into the air, and like, dunk it from 750 yards away, it was just stupid, that's what this game was, WrestleMania was stupid, the Undertaker would pull you up for a tombstone pile driver, fly <laughs> up 50 feet in the air, and uh, just slam you down, I was like, it's kind of cool, <laughs> it's kind of cool, you know, so I started watching Raw, and uh, this is before text messaging, so if I saw something on Raw at 9.30, and I had to call TJ. <laughs> and I was like, I'll see him tomorrow. I'll just talk to him then. So, like, that was me from, we'll call it 95 to 2001. When, once once Sean was real deep into DX, and once Brett, because Brett's, everybody knows Brett's my favorite. Once Brett left, I was like, I don't care. I don't care anymore. And I, I hated Steve Austin for a long time because I did not like the attitude kind of thing. Everybody's cutting. Everybody, there's blood. I just It wasn't for me. And I still don't like it. I still don't like it. Back in the time when it was subtle, it was great. Um, because it, it was real. But like there was a point there was a point in the 2000s where like, I'm surprised somebody didn't cut the other person's head off. Mm, it was no. just, it was like, like as much blood as we can get, let's get it. We'll cut your finger off. I'm surprised. I'm surprised mankind didn't cut the Undertaker's finger off. Anyway, um, so I'm removed from that, and I, I stepped out. I was like, hi, you know, moving on to other things. <laughs> I don't know what those other things were. I just stopped watching <laughs> wrestling for a long time, and and it, it was ninety ninety percent because Brett left. And I didn't like WCA. I kept up with the NWO thing, but I just I reached a point where I was like, I don't care. I don't I don't want to watch anymore. But like I'd hear stories and keep in mind when this happened, the internet was meep. You know, so like if you had to you had to read shit in the newspaper. If you don't know what a newspaper is, <laughs> Google a newspaper. You know, WWF they they probably still WWE probably still has a magazine. That's a lot of times how we got our news or we got our news on um whether it was Raw, they didn't have a Saturday show then. TJ, well, they did. But it was uh, what was that Saturday morning show? TJ, Doc Hendricks came on. It was like a they they let you know what was about to happen Sunday and and shit like that. And um, oh, but God. like I don't well, you know what I'm talking the name of it. Yeah, but it was like an hour long, and basically it was just like they it was a just recap of last week, and they got you yeah. set up for the pay per view. Yeah. yeah. So like that's that's how we got our news. That's how we got our news at that time, and. Uh, after all that, I just kind of, I kind of checked out. I kept, I kept in touch, kept in touch. But yeah, I just, you know, it's, <clears throat> I'm, I'm definitely sad by it because what I do know from, again, the wrestling game and getting back into it, though never really fully understanding where that character came from. And when I say that character, I mean the Fiend or Bray Wyatt because he's a character too. Um, I just, I, it's, 
I'm sad for his family and I'm sad for his brothers and sisters in WWE. It doesn't hit me as hard because I didn't I didn't get to experience that. And, I, and I'm I wish I would have. What hits me hard what hits me much more is that uh, and this and listen, I'm telling you right now, kids, when you become a parent, shit changes. When someone you know or like goes on, passes, whatever you want to call it, dies. It hits you different as a parent, especially if you know that they are either a child of someone or a parent of someone. And that that's what hit me so hard um, is because like, and this is kind of, now to think of it, it's kind of out of selfishness. Like, what would I do? It's like, what's well, not about you? You know, it's like, it, <laughs> he's got two daughters, two daughters and two sons, I think. He's got four kids. I th- well, there was a couple marriages there, I think. But I think overall he's got, um, anyways, his family. Um, but that's what hits me so mu- so hard about this. Not so much what I saw him do in the ring and how special he was to the group because I didn't get to experience that. But I knew who he was and I knew what he did. And then when I found out he was a father, it's kind of like, damn. You know, it's like it, it just – and you could say that about anyone. You're like, this guy died. It's like, all right, okay, fine. He was the father of two little girls. And I think girls <laughs> – I mean – Guys are cool, but I think when it was like when you hear the father of girls have died, you're like, you know, it's, it's instinctively in you. And that was my first thought. It's like, what are they what are they going to do? You know, and <clears throat> so it does hit me. It hits me hard. But enough of my rambling, because I can talk for days about anything. TJ, why don't you tell us what your thoughts are on this and how it affects you and how and give us if you would. And TJ is not known for his long stories like nerd jared is but tj if you would um i kind of want to hear this too i kind of want to hear where you came from in wrestling and how we got to this point and how you know this person how it makes you feel because i feel like all that's connected i feel like that is where we get the emotion that we have now for what's happened because of that backstory because of how it happened it was good i loved it (laughs) watched it as a young kid it's sad <laughs> okay, so love you, TJ. Love you, man. <laughs> we well, can't I'm help ourselves. I'm, very words. Sorry. I'm not known for words, man. Um, so I I don't remember the first time I actually watched wrestling. I mean, I I want to say it was you know as a kid, um, like on Saturday nights, WWF would have every now and then a wrestling show, and you see Hulk Hogan wrestle or something. You know, that's the first time I think I ever really watched it. But when I moved into town and we got cable for the first time and was actually able to watch USA network and watch Monday night raw and then found WCW Monday nitro and was able to actually sit there and watch wrestling. Um, which is, uh, it was around. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it was like as early as 94, but I remember, you know, watching Monday night raw, you know, and then Shawn Michaels, his whole thing where he's, you know, wins the world rumble, you know, and he's going to challenge Bret Hart at WrestleMania. So it was that, it was that year was this where I really started watching it. Um, and I mean, I just remember calling my aunt who lives in Vegas and asking her to, you know, tape order a pay-per-view because that we didn't have pay-per-view, you know, we didn't have a, a way to, to get it here in bumfuck arkansas we totally we totally <laughs> we totally went over the fcc's head on a lot of this well yeah you know as i called it's like hey can you can you you know 
purchase and tape, you know, WrestleMania for us. It's this much money. It's this night. You know, I'll send you a, I'll send you money. And then you send me a VHS. And then like a month later, you know, we'd get the VHS, but we would already know who won. Cause we'd already watched, you know, Monday night raw the next night and then end up, <laughs> you know, seeing who won and seeing all the highlights and everything. And then actually getting to watch like the pay-per-view like a month or so later. Um, I mean, that's just kind of how it started, you know, and I just kind of watched it on and off ever since the attitude era came around. Uh, I think Jared, that's about the point where he stopped watching it. But I, wa- I remember watching a lot more of the attitude era because, you know, people like stone cold, Steve Austin, I mean, who didn't, you know, the, the thing about it is it's an escapism, you know, you may have a crappy life and a crappy job and who you know, you get to escape and see someone who gets to fly the middle fingers at their boss, kick him in the groin and, you know, knock him on his ass. Right. Mm. That was the thing is was so great about the attitude era, you know, as opposed to the era before, which was, hey, I'm a um, <laughs> I'm a trash man. I'm going to get in the ring and take out the trash <laughs> and then you get beat, you know, <laughs> or whatever Bastion Booger was, <laughs> you know. Mm. I mean, no. nobody knows to this point what the hell the Bastion <laughs> Booger was. Nobody. Nobody except Vince. I don't even think Vince knows. He was no. just like, what rhymes with Sebastian? How about just Bastion? What rhymes with Sugar? Booger! Let's go! That's probably how we came up with the name. But, you know, you know, a time where, you know, when, you know, the earlier days, whenever you started with, you know... Um, typhoon and monsoon and earthquake and you know aftershock or whatever these guys' names were—big <laughs> overweight guys that were just you know professional wrestlers named after natural disasters. Yeah. Who remembers? <laughs> who remembers tornado? I mean, it's. I mean, I think one of the guys I can't remember was like earthquake. He went on to become the shark or something, and, or and then uh, at a later he became tugboat. I mean, it's just stupid gimmicks like that. You know, Attitude Era changed that, um, where you got to get a lot of the stuff you see today. Um, but I mean, like I said, it's been on and off, you know, like I'd get bored with it. I'd stop watching. Uh, time would go by. I'd see and it would see like a Monday Night Raw or something like that and be like, I have no idea what's going on. This is stupid. And just kind of, you know, go from there. But um, I mean, I do remember Bray Wyatt coming in because it was after WWE bought ecw and they were canceling ecw uh because they turned it into a weak ecw it just wasn't near as good you remember that and they brought in and they were like they're going to call it nxt they're going to bring in these new talent it's going to be like a um like a reality kind of show where they pair them with you know veterans and that's what you get (laughs) and husky harris was on there i think it was i think it was the first season wasn't it and it kind of defeat the purpose. It kind of defeat the purpose because, yeah, because Wade Barrett was the first guy to win NXT. But it defeat the purpose in the fact that Wade Barrett was supposed to win the WWF contract, WWE contract, and then everyone else was going to be let go. But then what happens is he brings every single person in. It forms the nexus. You know, it's it just ridiculous. That's Rick. WWE is, is ridiculous. It's stupid, <laughs> but it's fun. And that's why we love it. But yeah, I remember. I mean, I remember Bray Wyatt coming in as Husky Harris. You know, he didn't really do much. Nexus broke up. Nexus split up. Nexus went with CM Punk. Nexus did this. CM Punk was like, I'm going to beat some sense into y'all. And Husky Harris and I think Heath Slater were like, now we're out. (laughs) Left. (laughs) 
And then you like you don't see you don't see or hear from them because it's WWF, it's it's WWE, it's you know they don't have creative, they're not on TV, they're not wrestling. He went back to I guess uh, NXT because at that point NXT actually became NXT, what we know of it now more or less, and redebuted Bray Wyatt. And I mean, I remember his debut on Monday Night Raw as the Wyatt family. I remember a lot of the matches. I remember him winning the championship. Uh, you know, the Wyatt family splitting up. Remember all of that stuff. You know, the creation of the Fiend, everything. But, like, I mean, I just, you don't know what to say, really. It's just, you know, here's a guy who is young, you know, four years younger than me in professional wrestling and had a huge career ahead of him and is suddenly no longer going to be a part of it. I mean, it hasn't hit like this since Owen Hart's death and even Luke Harper's death or Brody Lee, you know? I mean, it's... And I like the Firefly Funhouse stuff. You know, I didn't like what they did with The Fiend, though. I think that was the biggest issue I had with The Fiend, is he basically created a character who is supposed to be so powerful he can't be beaten, but yet they found ways to beat him about every time. (laughs) I mean, how do you do that? Like, how do you just call off a a Hell in a Cell match after dropping some chairs on a guy? Or, you know, even like, oh, well, let's go ahead and put him up against Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) That'll be a good match. It was a horrible match. No, I think I think the thing I like this like so much about um, Bray Wyatt because I you know what I remember him a little bit as Husky Harris. I I frequently forget that Husky Harris was part of the original Nexus group that came out. Mm-hmm. All I remember from the Nexus group is Wade Barrett, uh, CM Punk eventually kind of having them under his wing, and then the most thing I remember is Brian Danielson. Uh, putting someone in a, a guillotine. He choked the guy. He choked the guy with his necktie. Yeah, and, and uh, WWF someone, fired him the next day. Yeah, sponsor watch, was watching and was like, "We can't have that. I can't. I can't pedal my Mattel <laughs> Hasbro board game while a man is <laughs> looking like he's trying to kill someone." Uh, so I remember all of that, but I don't remember Husky Harris of it all. What I what I enjoy so much about Bray Wyatt. And because it's always been so well known how much input he had into the characters he was doing once he became Bray Wyatt. And it started to morph into Bray Wyatt, the Wyatt family, the Fiend, whatever this next iteration was supposed to look like with the Wyatt family and the Wyatt Six or whatever it was eventually supposed to morph into. He was just always so creative. He's one of the few wrestlers of this last stretch of a decade, maybe two decades, where he actually was trying to create a character. And what I mean by that is most wrestlers are this. I'm a big muscular guy. I come from this place. And here's the one unique thing about me. But now I'm going to go in the ring and wrestle like everyone else wrestles. Bray Wyatt looked different. He acted different. He sounded different. He treated things different. He did that one thing that no wrestlers really do nowadays, and it's called keep the kayfabe. He was kayfabe for most of it, right? You didn't really see Bray Wyatt out there hugging babies and, you know, kissing ladies. He was... He was that one dude who like, oh, he shows up. I guess someone's about to get their ass beat and truck under the ring and disappear into the darkness. He was also, for as infrequent as he wrestled, because he was just riddled with injuries and this health condition didn't help here at the end. Every time he created something to start prompting the buzz for him showing up, 
I started watching Raw's to see if I could spot the Bray Wyatt puppets in different segments. Once it was like real, like once it was released, he he essentially revolutionized the augmented reality promotion of wrestling. And WWE hasn't figured out how to capitalize on that without him. And no other brand knows how to do it either. So he basically capitalized the market on this one niche thing that other content creators, YouTubers are doing augmented reality games every which way for like the last decade it's no big deal a 16 year old dumb shit sitting in like a study hall right now just created an augmented reality game that's probably getting a million views on youtube bray wyatt did it in this professional sphere got everyone so hyped and jazzed had people doing all these searches cracking all these clues trying to figure all this stuff out and no one knows how to mimic that. No one knows how to do it. Just to show you kind of how his brain was on a different wavelength than where we were currently at or where WWE is currently at with all their infinite resources and wisdom. But no other promotion has, has done the same thing either. It's just he was so creative. And I think the biggest tragedy is his wrestling. I mean, was it the most evocative wrestling I ever saw? No, he wasn't doing hippy-dippy fly stuff. He wasn't doing, you know, he was just kind of a mixture of a big guy that had agility which is now becoming a thing that a lot of big guys have. But still, it was neat to watch him. But just his creativity is the thing that's like, man, we're really going to miss that. He had good, good promos. He had good visuals. He knew how to work the crowd with just standing there holding a damn lamp. He sat in a rocking chair and had a whole gymnasium, or not gymnasium, uh, stadium, whatever, the, the arena, there we go, that's the word I was looking for, arenas full of people, get up out of their seats, and pull out the lights on their phone, and just sit there like jackasses singing, he's got the whole world in his hands, and he did, Bray Wyatt literally had the whole captive WWE universe, you know, however you want to frame it, in his hands, and he didn't do, but like, there wasn't much to it. He just came out and said, run. And like, we're all, we're like, holy shit, he did it, he said it. And like, let's, let's run. Let's follow the buzzards. Let's, you know, let him in, let him out. <laughs> this is good shit. He was so creative. He had a Vince McMahon devil puppet. He effectively time, he killed John Cena in a time loop, I think. There's so many things he did that you would give that to anyone else, they wouldn't know what to do with it. He understood, hey, if I'm gonna make a horror character, let's make a horror character. He went out and got a props guy, a special effects guy for horror monsters to make his fiend mask. He was dedicated to the craft of building this. He was one of the few people that actually hold near and dear, and yes, there is some leverage that Vince McMahon gave him by giving him the freedom to do this, but he put so much investment in crafting a character that was unique, different, and packaged in a way that was captivating that it is just so sad to see someone like Bray, My Bray Wyatt's mind vanish from this world because even if he wasn't wrestling, the creative feedback, the creative input, the creative just insight he could have given to a younger group of people or WWE creative in general or anyone's promotions creative in general would have been so invaluable because he just understood what he was trying to do with building those characters. And it's, it's wild. We liked him as a monster, as the guy from, uh, what was Robert De Niro's character that he was basically, ah, oh gosh, uh, I forget what that movie is, but Robert De Niro is like the crazy stalker guy and like hide under, hey, hides under, 
Cape Fear! He's basically Robert De Niro's character from Cape Fear when he gets repackaged after Husky Harris. He then transitions into a full-on cult leader. He then becomes a damn monster from God knows where. He then becomes Mr. Rogers the Psycho. And then he was about to... You know, he, he just cut a promo where he came out and said, hey, I'm going to give you the real me, which in essence was, I'm going to give you the real me, but also here's a character that's like the ghost of my uncle. And like, uh, it's just, I, it's so crazy to think about what was going to happen next. And he had already put a lot of feelers out there before he had came down with this sickness in February of like, this is kind of the clues laying the groundwork. We assumed we were about to get six different personas from him embodied in wrestlers and i think within the next couple of years we'll finally start to hear what those plans were and who was going to be associated with them it's just such a tough break because the creativity that man had unmatched in in for sure modern wrestling i don't think anyone holds a candle to him you know That's what even even like he, he kind of feels like a wrestler out of his time yeah right out ahead of his time but yet also you know out of his time like a lot of this you know gimmicks that he had because you look at modern day wrestling yeah you know everyone's this you know big you know muscular guy from this one place you know that's that's what you get you know how many wrestlers out there actually have gimmicks that are something different you know you don't have the cult leaders you know with you know all the you know followers you know you don't have the fiends, you know, the demonic characters, you know, like the fiend would have been a great character back in, you know, around the undertaker's time, whenever he was still active and younger and active, you know, more of a full-time role. Um, you know, even like the, uh, every character that he had really kind of was out of place with the modern WWE, but yet it was way ahead of its time. When it comes to a lot of the stuff that he was doing. No, I mean, you say it's out of place, but now he's created a place. You can look at NXT. There's Schism. Schism is basically the Wyatt family. You can look over at AEW. Most of their factions, most of their most of their prominent factions, if you can't find the degree of separation from a Bray Wyatt character, or uh, then you're missing the point. Brody Lee came into AEW essentially built upon the 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 Wyatt character foundation like there's so many yeah. so many things of current wrestling I agree in his time there wasn't a lot that was that was like what Bray was doing now there's so much that is what Bray seems to have influenced it's wild it's wacky he's 36 I haven't influenced anyone <laughs> I'm 36 <laughs> but Bray Wyatt passed away 36 years old we will we will remember him in admiration and we hope that him and terry funk rest in power uh terry funk hopefully is wielding a chainsaw up there in god's pearly gates and bray wyatt is probably just scaring the piss out of someone Uh, he's he's hanging out with brody that's what he brody lee probably pushed aside (laughs) probably pushed aside uh saint peter's and was like come on in Gave him a leg drop. All right, so I know there's not a perfect segue. Let's talk about some wrestlers acting right quick because uh, I, I, I intentionally didn't give you guys this list because I want to know what your honest thoughts are. So this is the top 10, based on comicbook.com, the 10 best pro wrestlers acting performances in movies ranked. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Well, f- well first, do either one of you have one that you think should be number one in your mind right now? Roddy Roddy Piper, they live. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a good one. Jared, do you have one in your mind? 
You know, it's hard to, I, I try not to disagree with TJ, um, but I, 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 I have to kind of hear just because I thought the rock and the pacifier was absolutely adorable. That is shocking. That, that is, that's a dark rock horse right there. The pacifier, was he? Was it the, pa- what's the one where he's babysitting the kids? I was gonna say that's um, Vin Diesel is in the pacifier. I didn't know. No, don't tell, don't tell the Rock that you mistook him for Vin Diesel. <laughs> he'll, he'll get pissed. Okay, I'm, listen, I may have mistook the movie, but you see the meme all that where he's driving. the Yeah, car. no, yeah, yeah. He's looking. He looks back in the car. The kids. Yeah. The kids say something, and it cuts back to his face, and he looks so offended. I know exactly was what that, you're no, talking. No, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Vin Diesel was the pacifier. Hang on. Hang on. Googling. Googling. Giggling. While you're googling, gonna... can I can I tell you what movie I hope's on here? No. Can we can we yeah, just all ahead. say that we hope that the Rock and John Cena movies are not on here and it's stuff that's not the Rock or John Cena because those two are probably like the most notable professional actors who used to be professional wrestlers who are actually good at it. It needs to be Suburban Commando and not for Hulk Hogan, but for when <laughs> uh, the Undertaker when the Undertaker's character finally talks. And he sounds like a baby. <laughs> it's like, you're a dead man. <laughs> oh, that shit has tore me up since the mid 90s when I watched Suburban Commando on VHS. And if you don't know what VHSs are, I finally started using that gimmick on my TikTok. <laughs> well, yeah, I saw that the other day. Where'd you get that AI? And you're going to have to tell me how to do that because, like, I could do a string and take Well, kids, an eight track tape was. Well, you don't even have to change your voice. You just talk. Yeah, you can just talk. I did. A, I just. I talked. I talked on the, on the first one. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll spin you a little yarn there. Have you figured out? Have you figured out the rock yet? Where, where you're hoping to he's Witch like, Mountain. Race to oh Witch my Mountain. god, that was Witch Mountain. I thought Witch Mountain, but I was like, there's no way Rock was in a Witch Mountain. Well, that doesn't sound like a Rock thing. <laughs> yeah, 2000, the... 2009, Race unless... to Witch Mountain. All right, number 10 is the big show in The Water Boy ah, as Captain, Captain Insano. Insano. <laughs> 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 so that's just, that's just showing you where we're starting. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's a good place to start. You that's know, okay, okay, so, so what is this? <laughs> top 10 again what is it what is it exactly so exactly it is best pro wrestler acting performances in movies see that shouldn't count that should not count because captain insano is acting as a professional wrestler or the big show is acting <laughs> as a professional wrestler he is a professional wrestler so there's no real acting involved all he has to do is be like i'm captain insano instead of i'm the big show his laugh, his laugh at at the <laughs> oh, it's so good. Number nine. Well, it's Thunderlips. It's Hulk Hogan in Rocky Three. Uh, so okay, yeah, right, that's no. good. That's good. That's good. I'll was, give him that one. It was okay. You can it was just a weird, see it was how, kind of a weird moment. You can see just how how big Hulk is though, and that was Rocky True. Three was in 80, 83, 84, something like that, maybe. And uh, you can just see how big Hulk Hogan is compared to Sylvester Stallone. Who, when you see Sylvester Stallone by himself, you're like, man, he's jacked. And then you see him standing next to Hulk Hogan, you're like, wimpy, oh. wimpy, wimpy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They so that definitely was one of the moments there where it's like, man, <laughs> maybe yeah. we're rooting for the wrong guy. <laughs> was this guy Italian? Can he be Italian too? Should we root for Thunderlips? Uh, number. Did, Hold on. No. Can we oh, just? Yeah. Can we just? Can we just be thankful 
that it's, you know, not Hulk Hogan in Three Ninjas High Noon at Me- Mega Mountain. We're not at the end of this list yet, TJ. Oh, Jesus. TJ, just hang on for Christ's sake. <laughs> number number eight, I do like. I do like it mainly. Number eight is Jesse Ventura in Predator. Uh, I liked all those big muscly men in Predator, if we're just being honest. Uh, so, do you they, ever hear the joke? Did you ever hear the joke <clears> on <throat> the set of Predator? No. Nope. So, Jesse Ventura bet somebody that his biceps were bigger than Schwarzenegger's. And Arnold tipped some people off to say that his biceps were smaller. And it I don't remember what the I don't remember what the circumstances was, but he was like, and you can see on the, the commentary for the video, because they still did that back in 1986. It's like, and wouldn't you know the body has got Arnold by like something, something inches. And then it cuts to Arnold, he's like, Oh, you believed me, eh? Got a big old stogie. Oh, you believe me, eh? That means my joke worked. Like he, Arnold completely tricked Jesse Ventura into thinking that he had bigger biceps. <laughs> I think it was like a box of cigars was like the bed or something. Yes, a box of cigars. Yes. <laughs> uh, I like. I, I recently shared it with y'all. Uh, the it's Will Sasso doing his Jesse the Body Ventura. I know I shared it with Jared. I, TJ, <laughs> you're not on TikTok, so you don't get stuff. Sorry. I've uh, seen but, I've seen his impressions of Jesse. Oh, it's so yeah. good, and he's he's talking about he's talking he's talking about a ding dong eating competition. Yes, <laughs> and just him as Jesse the Body saying ding dong. <laughs> just, ding dong. <laughs> Tears my shit up. Number seven is another one I like. It's Macho Man Randy Savage in Spider Man as Bonesaw. <laughs> I mean, I think this goes to TJ's point. He's he's acting as a wrestler, so it's kind of it's kind of a cheap win, but it's still a good bump though. He's he's a really good he's a really good wrestler. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> and I mean, just at least it's not Sting. At least it's not Sting in Tropic <laughs> or uh, Thunder, Thunder in Paradise. In Paradise. <laughs> Coming to TNT after Thursday Night Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we got our first rock sighting. It's Dwayne the Rock Johnson in Pain and Gain. Dwayne the Rock Johnson and literally everything he does because he plays the same guy. <laughs> yeah, but this one he's doing no, drugs no, no. openly and admitting it. <laughs> mm. This one, this one he's doing, which that's the Mark Wahlberg comedy where it's based on true life story, but it's you know highly, highly dramatized for our entertainment. What was that? What was that number on the list? That was number six. Six. So we still got five left. Yeah, um, number five. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say I'm gonna reserve. Judgment on the Rock because there are two others in there that I, mm, excuse me, that I feel like are way better. So okay. let's yeah. see if they make the list. Number five, I like. I don't know if I like it at number five, and I think it could maybe be higher because I like it in general. Number five is Andre the Giant in The Princess Bride. Oh yeah, that's gotta that be needs to be higher. One. That needs to be way higher. Hello, lady. He's just, just, the, just his face, man. I know he's like a million feet tall. He just looks so damn wholesome for a monstrous man. <laughs> like, yes, yes. Just he so does. you keep saying that word. I don't think you. <laughs> I don't think you know what that. Number four, I hate. Number four, I hate the fact that it even it's. I hate it in general, and I hate that it comes before Andre the Giant. It's Kevin Nash. Not Teenage. in. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop you right there. <laughs> Not it's 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 is it uh, double M 
It's it's not teenage it's not teenage mutant uh, DJ yeah. it's not it's not teenage mutant ninja turtles which I liked him as super shredder but I never knew it was him for the long time it's not the um, uh, the Punisher movie with uh, uh, is it uh, oh Tom Tom Jane Thomas Jane is that his name yes yeah 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 where he plays the big Russian hitman that comes to get him dude looked big in that one it is magic freaking Mike double X it's not even the original what? <laughs> double XL. Yeah. Oh man, I hate piss it. on that. Piss on that. What's, <laughs> I hate number, it. <laughs> I remember one? watching a. Uh, I remember watching a, like a uh, shit was a it? magic it's mic. One of, it was Kevin Smith's <laughs> podcast thing, Hollywood Babylon or something like that, where they took the clip of something in that movie where it's like like all the people are on stage and they're doing their dance and like part of it had to do with jumping jacks and Kevin Nash was just going. Oh yeah, dude <laughs> because, can't move. Yeah. He better have a big dick, you know, because he can't move. Um, number three is a return to form. It's Rowdy Roddy Piper in They Live. Ah. He came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and he's and all out of bubblegum. Bubble <laughs> I loved this movie's one of those movies where every time it popped up on TBS or TNT, I watched, watched the it. crap yeah. out of it. That's right. Yep. Watch <laughs> the crap out of it. So good. Uh, number two. Now, this one, depending on... If you're up to date on current movies, you may either understand and have an opinion on, or you might be thinking, what? Uh, so number two is Dave Bautista in Knock at the Cabin. That is a good okay. movie. I still haven't watched yet because we've had some polls for... <coughs> I don't know yeah. how oh, that's I'm right. going to do... I don't know that's how right. I'm going to do some of these movies now because apparently <laughs> there's a blockage thing, so I've got some YouTube in reserve that are some Halloween-type things, full-length reactions that YouTube will let me. I'm currently attempting to perform some illegal activities that will get you <laughs> a version of these films. I won't say what that is because the FBI could be listening right now. But just it's know, true. it's osmosis. It's osmosis. I'm trying to convert <laughs> a DVD to an MP4 via my mind. And I just I haven't figured out how yet. So, screw it. Is that block thing still like applicable if you rent something from YouTube? Your gosh darn diggity yeah, he, he tested it. Yeah, he tested it. Yeah. Um, we'll talk uh, about so, this more after the show when we're not physically or criminally liable for anything. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this without spoiling anything. I liked Batista in this for sure. For yeah, sure. He, he, for he did, sure. I mean, it was really good. For sure, it's a good portrayal of Batista as an actor. I really do appreciate that. Number one, this, I don't know how you feel about it, but do you really want to, do you really want to taste it? Number one is John Cena in The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. So it, it lumped it all together. So, so forget, the movie where he the appeared Suicide in, Squad. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. He's, he's, he's in that movie for 16 seconds. I agree. The Suicide so, Squad? He's in the movie the whole thing. Yeah, yeah but his like character 16 seconds. Yeah, his character was more kind of undercut to be kind of a goofy goober, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, actually, no, he's he's bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. bad. <laughs> um, um, I, I, Cena definitely deserves to be on the list, but the one, the two that I was going to point out earlier was, uh -huh. um, The Rock in Jurassic Park. Not Jurassic Park. Jumanji. <laughs> the other day. <laughs> the Rock, uh, Jared, that was... <laughs> the, the Rock <laughs> as the T-Rex. <laughs> the Rock as the T-Rex. Do you smell? <laughs> um, yeah, so The Rock in Jumanji. <laughs> that's, a, that's a, yeah. I like yeah, Jumanji. And, I, like, uh, I like those. The, uh, I also think The Rock uh, did a great job in Walking Tall. 
I would have put both of them on this list before a couple of them. I just recently watched that too. It came one TNT. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna watch the crap out of this. Uh, TJ, any movies there? Anything that you feel like is left off that you sh- feel like should have been on here? Honestly, like as far as like John Cena or The Rock or Batista goes, because I forget that Batista is Drax. Oh yeah. Um, you know. Uh, hey, real quick before you before you continue, I ordered a pizza and it's out for delivery. TJ, cat, uh, give TJ a solo, and I'll be right back so I don't miss it. And TJ, you just talk about uh, TJ what you were going to say. And get a pizza, TJ. And get a pizza, TJ. Well, that's that's that sucks because I was I was going to say that I also ordered a pizza and it is out for delivery. <laughs> so Jared needs to needs to talk about something. <laughs> I too was going to say that I have delivered the pizzas. <laughs> um. Oh crap! There's. I know there's been some other pro wrestlers that have been in movies. I just so cannot you... think of them other than you know the classic Hulk Hogan been and so much crappy stuff over the years. Yeah. You know, Undertaker, of course, his little cameo in <laughs> uh, Suburban man. Commando. <laughs> um. God, so let's else? let's. Let's talk about John Cena and Peacemaker then. So I, okay. okay, so rethinking. One, I don't know if I agree that John Cena should be number one in a lot of things, but devil's advocate, John Cena's acting, the acting that we got from John Cena in Peacemaker, I would agree is probably some of the best acting from a professional wrestler. And that could just be by default because a lot of professional wrestlers don't get this kind of opportunity. Right? They're more the bit players. He had a chance to star in. So he was giving a lot more opportunities. And he had James Gunn, which is like a cheat code for being funny in a, a shoot 'em up type of thing. So I, what do you think about what do you think about the John Cena in this role as him as an actor? What did you think about his acting in Peacemaker? Um honestly <laughs> <laughs> Wrong one. <laughs> honestly, it was way better than I expected. Like even I, I had doubts going into like Suicide Squad with uh, John Cena as Peacemaker, yeah. um, but whenever you know he, he kind of did steal a lot of the show with his character, and you know getting the series Peacemaker, I still, my opinion, maintained that it was uh, it was Vigilante who kind of stole the show. Yes, agreed. Agreed. So, um, but his acting, yeah, was really good. I mean, that is to say, yeah, he is a pretty good actor. He's done some other movies and done some other stuff i think he's more a, he's better a comedy actor than he would be like a um an action star i mean he was in psych mm-hmm. he was in a couple episodes of psych as as julia's as the, brother yep yeah and like his character was more funny i mean he had some action spots but it was definitely a lot funnier than you know most of the other most of the action stuff you know it was a lot better as the funny character so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't give him number one. I'd still put that with Andre the Giant or even uh, Roddy Roddy Piper. But um, that's just me. A uh, little bit of bias there because I've watched those movies over and 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 over, <laughs> and over again, and you know, every, you just love them. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely better than The Rock in a lot of the stuff he does because I think that John Cena can at least play different characters as opposed to The Rock essentially plays the same person. He was the same in Scorpion King as he was in, um, what's that one that's based on the video game? Rampage. I haven't seen Rampage. I was just checking to see if Jared was back. I haven't seen Rampage. 
Um, but I don't, I don't doubt it at all. I think he's, I think that same character was also in that one movie where he's jumping off the top of skyscrapers. I think it's like called yeah. skyscraper or something. He's the same <laughs> so... in that movie as he is in Black Adam. I mean, there's, there's really not any difference in the character that he plays. Like he's mm, just, no. he's a huge draw and people cast him in everything. And you know what? He's a coward. Uh, because he plays to just, you know, he did Jumanji and it was funny and he's done some things that have had some goofball things. But I think he's afraid of getting pigeonholed into that. Where to what you were saying, John Cena, he probably could have just stuck with gimme action, gimme action. I look like this. I look like this. Gimme action. Uh, but he has done a lot of comedy. And he just recently had another, I think it's maybe a Hulu exclusive uh, called Vacation Friends 2. Uh, so apparently the Vacation Friends uh, warranted enough uh, hilarity and popularity to give a second made-for-Hulu movie, which, I mean, Hulu's not a bad service to to have your movies popping up on. Hulu's got some good stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? Honestly, yeah. Uh, but I do, think, I do think it might just be because John Cena was given the opportunity to be in a series like Peacemaker that really allows him to show off his acting, where most wrestlers don't get that opportunity, or they shy away from it. Rock, you coward! <laughs> Well, into a series allows you to actually explore more of a character than a movie does. A movie, you have an hour and a half, right? So a lot of the stuff even The Rock does, you know, is done within an hour and a half, two hours of time. It's, you know, get from point A to point B. But like was where John Cena, you know, came in, he has, you know, six episodes to really, you know, start, start developing a character in a movie. Six episodes to really explore the character, too. So, yeah, that's fair. It's fair. Jared, how's your pizza? Is it good? You're muted, Jared. You're muted. That pizza, it's in your mouth. I didn't actually get, I didn't actually get pizza. I got uh, some uh, cheese sticks and some wings. My do- uh, your your niece, she loves cheese sticks. She loves. Is it Pizza Hut? <laughs> oh, yes, no. it is. You could- oh yes, oh yes, she loves. I need to start ordering Pizza Hut late at night because otherwise, I, they just never can seem to make the food Damn right. It. <laughs> I mean, every time, yeah, you want a cheese stick, you want to bite into it, and you want that string to just pull like six feet away like it does in the commercials. Never happens. Oh, yeah. They're always undercooked. They're always undercooked. Uh, I mean, so, they're pretty good tonight. I forgot to order marinara, though, so we'll just. Oh, that's that, that's that that those are ro- that's a rookie mistake, my brother. They're supposed to give you some marinara with the cheese sticks. They're supposed to, to but they didn't. I, you know, honestly, I, I don't feel like you. I don't feel like you can tempt fate. Uh, every time I know I'm getting something that comes with marinara, I always put in for an extra one because yeah. God help me, I should at least get one of those, right? I, I probably that, paid for that extra one, so God, at least give me that one. That's where they get you too. Is they're like, oh yeah, it no longer comes with marinara. You have to, you have to request a marinara, and now we're going to charge you for it. Whereas in you know six months ago, they didn't charge you for it. I just, Bastards. I hate the word marinara Inflation. because. Because when I say marinara, it starts to stick in my brain how I'm saying marinara. And it kind of almost sounds like you're making a cat noise. You're, marinara. <laughs> I did that once. I swear to God, I did that once at Sonic. I'd ordered some cheese sticks and asked for... Uh, and they're like, what sauce do you want with that? I said marinara. They're like, I'm sorry, what was that? I go, marinara. <laughs> <laughs> marinara. Marinara. A, a tambaga. <laughs> you're, becoming, you're becoming Martin Short. <laughs> Or was that Steve Martin? I think it's Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Yeah. It was a uh, Martin. That was, that was that was what? Uh, Pink, Pink Panther? Panther? Yeah, okay. Uh, so this has been a very wrestling-themed stuff. 
uh, stuff. This has been a very wrestling themed podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it so far. Before we close out, let's give you some I was today years old slash try to ruin your 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 brain cells. Uh, this one is so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. <coughs> I'm dying. This one and is so old. dumb that, well, leave Anne out of this. Or I'm not ready for her to be in just yet. Uh, this is from Shower Thoughts. The Shower Thoughts, I guess, Tumblr. Um, th- this is what it says. You know the word Q, right? Q-U-E-U-E. Like you're, yeah. you're in a, a waiting queue or whatever. It says the U-E-U in Q is silent. And I, I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it so much because they're right. <laughs> I've never well, even considered this. Why did we throw so many <laughs> vowels in there? You have to create a word. It can't just be a letter. <laughs> is that supposed to be what? Like, this is the phonetic sound of Q? Like, <laughs> uh, throw a couple U's and E's in there. We think that's how it's supposed to no, sound. No, 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 no. We want to copy the French. Let's throw as many U's and E's as we can sound. So what's it sound like? The letter Q. How are we going to spell it? Q-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U-E-U
I was today years old after drinking all of these, the Kool-Aid squeezers. You remember those that had like the yeah. little like vampire teeth top mm -hmm. thing that you twist yeah, off twist and off put in topper. your mouth? Yeah. Well, apparently you you could reverse the top to close it back. You could jam the Why top. Why would anybody want to do reverse that? But apparently that's how it is. No. I'll show these, these, okay, great. These things got drank in one setting. We didn't save these for later. You tore that some bitch off and you went. That's true. That's true. You, you have a really valid point. All the way down. I, I put the I put the little thing in my mouth and like chewed on it and gave myself fangs and stuff. Oh yeah, uh, after you pressed yeah. it off for one, you had to go. It's, it's like uh, oh yeah, when you, get when the you eat a, when you eat a crawfish. Yeah. yeah, when you eat a crawfish, you tear the tail off, you suck the tail out, or the head, or the I don't know. I don't eat crawfish a lot, but I know that you're supposed to suck something. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, just found out when someone tells you to break a leg in an audition, it's because they're hoping you cast. end up in the cast. Yeah. <laughs> And now my head is exploding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Any others? Blah blah blah. I think there's. I think there's another. Uh, I have to look it up, but I think there's another. No, no, that's it. No, there's, I, not. no, there's not. I like. I like this one because it's another one. It's kind of like the break your leg thing. It's one I've never thought about, but it makes so much sense. I was today years old when I found out when someone says "hold your horses," they're telling you to be stable. <laughs> oh, love it <laughs> love it i don't uh, okay it's kind of a play on words i think but i don't i think the uh well anyway <laughs> i don't think replace, that's what i mean okay if you replace the w in where what and when with a t you've answered your questions wait say it again if you replace the w in where what and when with a t you answer the questions. So instead of where, there, what, then, and when, there, there, that, and then. What? <laughs> and there's a picture of the Arthur's sister <laughs> that says the world seems so simple before this moment <laughs> as, she's, as she's staring up into what I assume is the sun, <laughs> waiting for her immediate heat death. <laughs> But yeah, I've lost so much knowledge. <laughs> Where to there? What to that? And when to then? Uh, you answered your questions. You answered, you answered your questions. Uh, finding out that stripper poles spin instead of strippers spinning on the poles is a grown-up version of finding out Santa isn't real. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! They spin? Did you not know That's that? what this thing says. No! I don't know. <laughs> I've never grabbed a pole. <laughs> like, no, I've never done it. Well, oh, I mean, so I've grabbed. They, they're not that talented, Jared. I've watched plenty of them do it, but I never do. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, you got to think of it. They're not that talented. They're working as strippers. <laughs> yeah, they're, I've seen some of them in college. Listen, I've never grabbed a stripper pole, <laughs> but I've grabbed a pole some strippers should have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> break leg. <laughs> oh, uh, do they spin? I don't. I don't know. Uh, your I belly button. <laughs> your belly button is just your old mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the response under that is just someone putting four dots, and the next response after that is, "I was having a good day. We were all <laughs> having a good day." <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's just your middle mouth. <laughs> that's middle just, mouth, your, it's just your middle mouth. That's the old mouth. Uh, OG mouth. <laughs> uh, that one's dumb, but this person said, I was today years old when I found out that SpongeBob parents are dried out sponges and not baked chocolate chip cookies. Which they do look like cookies, but that's stupid. He's a sponge. Yeah. 
Uh, we are the last generation whose baby photos weren't taken on phones. Wow. Let that let that sink in. That one. That one's a. That one's a. That's that one's a that's deep profound. one. Yeah, that one's a deep one right there. Uh, from from tweets for bros. <laughs> Less profound <laughs> account. But yeah, there you go. I hope I've killed some of your brain cells. I know mine are dead. <laughs> I know mine are dead. Uh, TJ, Jared, thank you so much for joining me. I, I do appreciate that we l ended with laughter uh, because we did start off on a more more somber, serious note. And gosh dang it, Rage You Nerds, as we always say, is about having fun, raging, geeking out, being nerds with all this stuff. We're glad that you were able to stick around and talk to us about something that we are very nerdly passionate about, which is professional wrestling. We hope that you have a good day, evening, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening. And we hope you come back and listen to the next one. Don't forget to check us out on social media. Check out our YouTube. Check out Jared. He has a Patreon. Go find that. It's on some of our YouTubes. He's doing horror movie reactions. Check that stuff out. See how we're doing. And let you, him know any other horror movie spooky stuff you would like to see. This please. has been Rage You Nerds. Yes, please. This has been Rage You Nerds. We're out of here until the next time. See ya. <laughs>